Welcome to On the Prowl, an all-Panthers podcast. I am your host, Matt Alkiza, and I am joined this evening by my fellow co-host, Ian Black. Ian, how are you doing this evening? I am doing super well, man. Best Monday I've had in a while. How are you doing? Uh, I'm also doing well. Is there anything specific that made your Monday so great? I just had a wonderful weekend with my wife and her family, and I am just glad to be home and resting as wonderful as that. Yeah, I feel like going out of town is one of those things where you always think it's going to be restful, but then you need rest from your restful weekend. So I definitely get that. Understand where you're coming from. Um, all right, to kick us off, we have a quick question. Um, you know, last week we discussed how and when we became Panthers fans. Today, the question is, uh, I'll give it to you, Ian, first. How are you spending your time waiting for football season to start? Is there like a show you're watching or maybe like a book you're reading, game you're playing, ways that you are kind of passing the last month of the offseason? Uh, Michelle and I have been binging a lot of TV lately. Uh, most recently, we've been catching up on the most recent season of Alone, the survival show, and talking about all the different ways oh. that we would be better than all of these lifelong survival experts at surviving for in mountainous, windy, snowy terrains for 100-ish days. So you're you're playing armchair quarterback, but with the TV oh, show alone. Yeah, well, it's, it sounds it's like. mostly me. Michelle doesn't think either of us could do it. But what what kind of guy would I be if I wasn't just ready to go out there and live in the wilderness, go bushwhacking? You know, I I could catch a fish. I could I could fight a bear. Yeah, there's there's just something innate in a man that thinks they can survive on their own in the woods or something like that it's just kind of born and bred in us so i definitely understand what about you what are you doing when besides the general survival expert things that all all of us are going through uh you know i watched a lot of the peace jam last week uh high school basketball tournament it's just down the road so i went uh for a day was in the same gym as lebron and carmelo anthony and chris paul so that was pretty cool um yeah yeah, it was sweet uh yeah brownie james played right in front of my face it was awesome uh other than that you know watch a little baseball here and there my wife and i started rewatching how i met your mother recently um i started reading the first lord of the rings book a couple weeks ago so i'm slowly working my way through that you know just a, a mix of things until football season starts um yeah whatever diverse interests we love that Matt. yeah you know i gotta try to stay well-rounded i'd like to think that i'm a man who knows a little bit about a lot of things so i'm working on continuing doing that um so with that said we will get into our show today um ian before we talk about our state of the roster for the defense did you get a chance to watch the matt rule press conference this afternoon I did not. What did he talk about? Okay. Um, so I did. I was driving around this afternoon and I played it while I was driving. Uh, there's a few things that stuck out to me. The first one is he talked about his three keys for the Panthers to be successful this season. Uh, I thought they were pretty interesting. His first, his number one key was the defense going from good to great, um, which, you know, sounds pretty basic, but. I, I do think the defense was good last year. The defense uh, is what kept the Panthers in games that they probably shouldn't have been in. The defense is what honestly won them the first three games of the year. 
they were forcing turnovers. Again, they weren't playing great offenses those first three games, but it was a defense that kept the Panthers in games. Um, so the defense is going from good to great. He talked a lot about them forcing turnovers, talked about how they need to get to the quarterback more, uh, how guys like Brian Burns, YGM, Marquise Haynes, um, all need to take a step to another level um, in order for the Panthers to become a winning football team, which I completely agree with. Uh, His second thing was that the special teams need to become an X factor. He kind of talked about how are the upgrades that Panthers have made on special teams are really going to change the team. And I, again, completely agree with that. I think there's a lot of times where special teams have doomed the Panthers in the last past couple of years, having subpar punters, having kickers who are only hitting 60, 70% of their extra points. Um, having a guy like Johnny Hecker come in to be your punter, Zan Gonzalez proved that he was a solid NFL kicker at the end of last season. Um, and then signing Andre Roberts to return kicks will hopefully give the Panthers an element in their return game that we haven't seen since I went Ted Ginn, Steve Smith, however long ago. Um, and then the last thing he talked about was them finding their identity on offense, uh, which I thought was interesting. You know, he fired Joe Brady because he didn't run the ball enough. I'm wondering what the Ben McAdoo offense is going to look like. You know, we talked about that a little bit last week, uh, the West Coast offense that Ben McAdoo runs, a lot of short passes, a lot of kind of luring the defense in and taking shots over the top. I wonder how much the Panthers are going to run the ball. And you look at the investment they made in a guy like, um, blanking on his name, Deonta Foreman uh, drafting Chuba Hubbard last year. Matt Rule in the front office clearly wants to put an emphasis on running the ball. And even as we discussed last week, the offensive line is going to be a solid run-blocking line. So I do wonder what the identity of this team is going to look like on offense. You know, it's 2022. The, the best offenses are one second, throw the ball all over the yard. I'm wondering if we're kind of going to stray away from that and run the ball a ton. So, so what I'm what I'm hearing is Matt Rule had a press conference saying the three keys to the Panthers being better this year are the three phases of football. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, the keys to the Panthers being good are offense, defense, and special teams. Man, that is some visionary stuff out of the uh, Charlotte front office. Okay, I know that I am just an optimistic head in the clouds fan, but I watched that whole press conference and I just felt so much better about the direction of the team. And I don't know why I, it's that time of year where I, I talk myself, I talk myself into the Panthers winning the Super Bowl about this time every single year. So I was due for it. Um, But you know, rule walked in that press conference. He slimmed down a little bit. He wasn't wearing his smock. Uh, I don't know. It just, it just felt, it just felt different. A slim Matt rule. He was looking tan. Obviously he was at the beach recently. Uh, You know, he's, Seems like a man who got some rest, but is a man who's committed to winning. Uh, right. You know, he. I, I feel like it's pretty reasonable to say his hot seat coming into today before this press conference was like a nine out of ten. After the press conference, gut reaction, hot seat rating for Matt Rule. Uh, eight and a half. It went down. It went down a little bit, uh, but you know the results need to come on the field. He can say all that he wants in a press conference. He can try to sell us used cars every single time he steps up to a microphone, but until we actually see uh, the team on the field, it's all, it's all talk. It's all conjecture at this point. Um, so we will move into our defensive state of the roster discussion. If you missed it on our first episode last week, we kind of just broke down an offensive state of the roster, discussed how we felt about each position group, where we think 
the Panthers are strongest, where we think they're weakest. We gave out grades for each position group, and we're going to do the same thing for the defense today. Um, I will go ahead and just say off the bat, I know way more about offense in the NFL than I do about defense. So this podcast may be a little shorter, maybe a little less in depth, um, but I'm excited to talk about it. I do have thoughts and takes on pretty much every position group. So excited to dive in. We will start with our thoughts on the defensive line as a whole. Uh, Ian, just baseline thoughts on the defensive line at this point. Uh, well, on the interior, uh, the they needed some more juice. They lost the best interior defensive lineman from last season, Daquan Jones, and replaced him with Matt Ioannidis on a pretty team-friendly one-year prove-it kind of deal. Uh, he's hasn't played since 2019, really, a full season. But from 27 through 2019, he was pretty solid. He was top 10 in interior uh, pressures two out of those three seasons. He's a guy who I think could bring some pressure uh, that the interior really needs because Derek Brown's fine, but he's not a pressure He's a he's a fill in the gaps kind of keep the run from going crazy kind of guy. On the edge, it's Brian Burns and that's about it. Uh, Hassan Reddick is gone. That is scary. Hassan Reddick was the best player, not named Stefan Gilmore on the defense last season, and it's it's looking interesting. Uh, I will say Amari Barno, uh, sixth round pick, is an absolute freak of nature athletically. Uh, I'm really excited about his 4-3-6-40 off the edge. Um, so if Amari Barno can just sprint past every single player opposite Brian Burns, we, we might be all right there. Yeah, the the defensive line does feel a little top-heavy, right? I mean, you have Brian Burns. He has the potential to be an all-pro kind of defensive end. Um, he is incredibly talented, another freak of nature, He's, re- I mean, very good at getting to the quarterback, but also decent in the run game. And then you have a top 10 pick in Derek Brown, who is fine. He is more of a run stopper, like you said. When you draft a defensive tackle in the top 10, you want them to be more of a difference maker than what you've got with Derek Brown. But he's been fine. If you had, if Derek Brown was a 25th pick in the draft, you would say that that's a hit, I think. But drafting him, what was it, 7th or 8th overall, he's been a bit of a disappointment to this point. And then you have, like you said, Matt Ioannidis was a very solid pickup, just a solid defensive tackle. And then I'm higher than Yator Gross Matos uh, than most. PFF gave him a 63.8 grade last year. He had four sacks. Um, and I, I'm expecting a step up for him. You know, he they drafted him as kind of a project, kind of similar in the, uh, he was drafted way higher than Amare Barno, but kind of the similar mold of he is a freak athletically. Can we teach him how to play football? And I think the dividends for a guy like him will pay off this year. But after that, it is just a bunch of names who they were going to need a handful of them to step up Uh, on the edge. Yeah. Yeah. If someone goes down on the edge after burns, I mean, there's absolutely no pressure there. Uh, Yeah. that it's looking scary. Marquise Haynes is the third best edge on the team. Um, and that, is, that, is, that does not instill much confidence, especially because that means Burns is going to have to be on the field every snap. And I don't think he's an every snap kind of end at the moment still, despite going into year four. No. And I, I do wonder how much we'll see a guy like Frankie Louvu become more of a pass rusher. Uh, I don't know if the Panthers will 
moved to a three, four in pass rushing situations and kind of set him off after the quarterback saw a decent bit of that last year. We'll talk about him when we talk about linebackers, but he's definitely the kind of guy that can make plays off the edge. Yeah. But yeah, one of these other guys, I, I will say, yeah, I was going to, I will say going back to Eater, just random thing. Uh, our household is big on Eater. Uh, my wife went oh. to high school with him. And so there is few, few households rooting for him harder huh. than us. Uh, she has nothing but great things to say about him. And I really hope he gets healthy this year because I think he could be a rock star with the right. Where is he from? <laughs> uh, they are from Northern. By Virginia. he, I meant they. I think your your wife also. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, both of them. Yeah, I I don't know where he's from. Yeah, That's yeah. where they went to high school. Uh, I don't know where he was before that. I don't know him, but she knows him. She was like when the when we were watching the draft, she was like, "Oh, I know him," and like texted him huh. like, "Congratulations." And I was like. Oh, so ca- oh, okay. <laughs> that, casual flex cool. from your wife there. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, going back to the, the line, the defense was a, the 21st overall scoring defense last year. It, and I think if there's any chance we get better than that this year, it's going to have to come from consistency on the line because we had a uh, stars and studs type approach last season too. And there, it felt like there's a little bit more star power last season and there was a lot of really great moments and a lot of moments where it felt like we couldn't pressure if there was two offensive linemen. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking for the creativity coming from Snow here. I mean, he's a defensive coordinator that's always been fond of using multiple fronts. He switches things up. I think he has a lot of chess pieces and other positions we'll talk about later that could help with maybe some of those uh pressure deficiencies that we might be seeing on the line but if Ionitis and Brown can't get anything going I I think we're going to see a lot of uh Brian Burns having a lot of trouble even getting past the his rookie year sack total of seven and a half yeah and it feels like the Panthers have been the team that you target fantasy running backs against every year for the last three or four years and I'm, I'm wondering if that's going to be the same thing again where it's we've talked all about rushing the passer but Burns and YGM are not a, they're not incredible run defenders by any means. And if Matt Ioannidis has brought in to be more of a pass rusher, that believes Derek Brown is the only plus run defender uh, on the line. So you got to wonder what the game plan is going to be there. And you know they have Panthers have discussed some potential upgrades. We saw Ian Rapport tweeted yesterday they brought in Danny Shelton, the defensive tackle used to play for Cleveland, uh, in for a visit. And we've been flirting with. Carlos Dunlap for feels like three or four months now. So I'm wondering if that's going to get done at some point to kind of bring some more juice off the edge. Um, But if we go to week one against Cleveland with this group of defensive linemen, how would you grade this position unit? Um, I'd say a very, very glassy B minus. Yep. It's exactly, exactly what I said. B minus if everything hits. And it's it's similar to what we're talking about other positions, you know, like wide receiver with DJ Moore. We gave them a what a B minus that was completely propped up by DJ. Uh, it feels like this with Brian Burns. It's hard to give this position group anything lower than a B minus when they have a superstar uh, like Brian Burns playing with them. So we'll move a back a level on defense to the linebacker position. Uh, Ian, overall thoughts on the linebackers in Carolina. I've liked what we've done this offseason. 
Um, I can dig more into some of the guys in a minute, but I love adding Littleton, Damian Wilson at the values we got them. Shaq is Shaq. You know what you're getting at this point. Uh, we brought back Luvu, and I think he's going to have a lot bigger chance like we talked about. Um, I even think that a couple of our safeties are probably going to see a lot more time at that second level rather than the third level, uh, like Snow likes to do. Uh, it's by no means any sort of elite unit. I don't think there's like a trait where you can be like, man, this unit really can hang its hat on something. But I think they're good enough at a lot of things to not be a complete deficit and hopefully keep things uh, consistent and level-headed amongst what is an otherwise pretty young unit. Yeah, what do you like specifically about the guys that they brought in? I know Damian Wilson played for, was it Jacksonville last year? I think he played for the Cowboys in the past as well, and Corey Littleton coming over from Vegas. Yeah, what are your thoughts on those guys? Why are you excited about them coming over? I like Littleton a lot. I think Vegas was – Littleton's big thing as a linebacker is he's great in coverage. He's a great coverage linebacker. That's where he hangs his hat. But I think Vegas took a little too far. They were using him as like the slot coverage guy exclusively for a lot of his time there. And they tried to build their defense. They tried to turn him into the the Isaiah Simmons type build, Tyron Matthew. Like they were trying to use him a lot of places. And I think if you rein him in a little bit, he can do a lot of interesting things and play in the multiple front defenses in a lot of ways. But I think if you use him in a more steady over the middle coverage type of role, match him up, stay on the tight ends, let him cover the middle and some zone work. I think he's a guy who can massively outproduce what he did the last two years and go back to a little bit more of that Rams production he had before those two years. His four years in LA had looked much, much better. And I think with Snow's defense, Littleton is set up to be one of those bargain buys from the offseason across the league in terms of production. Yeah, I really, I really like a lot of what you said there, and I, I do wonder if having a guy like Corey Littleton playing linebacker will mean that Frankie Luvu will kind of be more of a queen of the chessboard, Jeremy Chin like move all over the defense and kind of send him after the pass, like send him as a pass rusher a lot more than what you would have thought. What do we have to lose? We need the juice. Luvu's got the skills to at least give it a go, you know, and I think. Wilson, Shaq, and Littleton are enough to play with that. We also brought in the rookie Brandon Smith, another really strong athlete with uh, something to prove. He probably won't seal the field much as a rookie, but he has a chance to learn behind some guys who can really accent the skills he brings athletically as a rookie. Yeah, I do like that that is the the route the front office has decided to go on defense, is the route of them just getting these athletic freaks and kind of letting them figure out how to play football at a high level later on. I, I really do like that. And a guy like, you know, we drafted Shaq Thompson to be like that. However long ago we drafted him. Uh, he was an athletic freak played running back in high in college. Um, and he's one of the best players on our defense and just kind of a stalwart uh, really just feels like the guy that has kind of bridged the gap from the last era of Panthers football to where we are right now. Uh, Matt Roll did say in his press conference say that Shaq is going to start training camp on the pup list, but he's the kind of guy that... And he had a scope in his knee, right, to clean some stuff mm-hmm. up? Yeah, but he's the kind of guy where missing training camp isn't going to hurt him. He's knows the defense. I think it hurts other players more than it hurts him. What do you mean? 
it hurts other players that he's not going to be. Yeah, other players who could just learn from him, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Shaq Thompson isn't a world changer anymore, but he was a vocal leader when that defense was playing well last year. Uh, he stepped up about as well as I think we could have hoped in a mean sense, uh, in a median sense, uh, in terms of the post-Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis era, you know. Right. He's done what he can, and I think he has a lot to pass on, you know. Yeah, so overall thoughts on the linebackers, if you had to give them a letter grade, what would you say? I feel like you're higher on them I, than I than I am, so I'm interested to see what you say. I, I'm on the fringe of like B plus, A minus. I mean, they're not going to win you football games, but I think uh, there's going to be few games where they're the reason you lose either, which I think is for a linebacking unit, which I consider to be the least important unit on the defense in a lot of ways. Uh, I think that is something to hang your hat on with a young and hopefully up and coming defense. Good. You, you talked me into them being way better than I thought. I came into this thinking that, and I still, I don't think they're incredibly above average or they're not world beaters by any means, but I thought they were just an average to below average unit, but you have me thinking that they're an average to above average unit. So for that, I thank you. Uh, not hey. that I, not that I needed any more Panthers optimism in my life, but <laughs> you know, Super Bowl bound uh, with this linebacking core. Uh, yeah. So we'll again let's take one step back uh, to another to the final level of the defense and talk about the defensive backs. Uh, this is the unit that I think has the most talent of any on the, maybe even the entire Panthers roster. Um, the cornerback trio is about as good as it gets in. I think this is the most talented cornerback career we've had since 2015. And even then, that wasn't, I don't think, an incredibly talented trio. They were all just playmakers, and they made a ton of plays during that season, uh, the Super Bowl run that year. But between J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson, uh, C.J. Henderson, I mean, those are three guys who I think can be above average NFL corners on their best day. Uh, Dante Jackson really leveled up a bit last year and got the contract he deserved. JC Horn was a first top 10 draft pick for a reason. Uh, he's got great length and is incredibly strong. Hopeful that he can come back and produce after his injury. And CJ Henderson is a guy that if his mind is right, he can also be an above average starting corner. And what I love, it's, it's similar to what we talked about with the offensive line last week. If those guys go down, we do have plenty of depth behind them that have played a ton of NFL snaps. Uh, Keith Taylor, Miles Hartsfield, Stanley Thomas Oliver, they all got a ton of reps last year um, when there were injuries in the defensive backfield in Carolina. And those guys aren't great, but it's better than having nobody behind them. It's, it's sim- again, similar to what we are talking about the offensive line. Cam Irving and Pat Elfline are not good day-in, day-out NFL starters. But what they are are fine depth pieces. It's fine for them to be the 6th, 7th, 8th offensive linemen. And it's fine for these guys to be the 4th, 5th, 6th defensive backs in Carolina. So I'm excited for that. And I do think Xavier Woods is the best safety safety partner safety partner Jeremy Chin has had in his time in Carolina. Uh, I'm excited to see what that duo can do together. I think Jeremy Chin may be my favorite player on the Panthers currently. Uh, I love the way he plays Another guy, athletic freak, uh, can play multiple positions, uh, great size for his position. Panthers draft him and say, hey, let's teach him how to play football. Uh, And he has turned into a heck of a defensive player. Should have been defensive rookie of the year two years ago. Ian, overall thoughts on the defensive backs? Yeah, no, I think think the Panthers 
defensive season is going to hinge significantly more on the performance of our secondary than any other Great. group we have. Um, we lost Gilmore and Bouye, uh, the PFF's 12th and 40th overall cornerbacks from last season out of 110 or 121 uh, eligible corners. Uh, our top returner at corner is Dante Jackson, who was the 72nd out of 121, according to PFF. Uh, I don't live and die by PFF. I think Jackson has some admirable traits. Uh, I'm scared for him to be the number one, which is what he would have to be if J.C. Horn can't come out of the gate hot from that broken foot last year that cost him all but two games of his season, of his rookie season. Um, Horn is exciting. He's fun. He's got a swagger to him. I think there's a lot to look forward to there. Uh, Kalon Barnes, another rookie. He Our seventh-round pick from this past season. 4-2-3-40 at the Combine. Uh, absolute smoke show in the secondary. Uh, at the very least, you're not going to run by him. Uh, it remains to be seen if you will be able to see the field for any other reason. But uh, he's going to run really fast in practice. Um, when it comes to the safeties, I like Chin in a vacuum. He's, he's pretty good. I consider him to be an above-average safety. Xavier Woods is pretty good in a vacuum. I actually don't love their pairing together okay. that much. Um, I see them both as more... I know Woods is going to play the free safety, and he's played free safety plenty. I think Xavier Woods performs best when he is also playing that in-the-box type role. And I am worried that there's going to be a lot of getting beat over the middle this year between Chin and Woods, especially because I think Chin and Woods are going to be those, again, we've talked about it, we have a lot of interesting chess piece type players. Uh, I think they're both going to get used as that some, me and Pashras make up some deficits there. Uh, we're going to have to see some of the other safeties in the back step up and be admirable relative to expectations for this unit not to falter, in my opinion. Uh, CJ Henderson, whatever. Uh, I don't even want to talk about CJ Henderson. Uh, but I do think this is a unit where if everything goes right, this could be the difference between the 21st scoring defense and a top 8 to 10 scoring defense this season. And I think if everything goes average, this team might not see any improvement whatsoever, even if the other two units take a step forward. Uh, because there's a lot of question marks in this unit. And if things go poorly, worst case scenario, Horn doesn't come back well from injury. Henderson, complete flop. Kalen Barnes can't play. Xavier Woods and Chin can't complement each other at all. There's no coverage. I think this goes from a team that could be on the rise and make their mark defensively relative to the other three units to a team that could be competing for most points allowed this season. Uh, and again, that's worst case scenario. Uh, but I think out of every position group on the team, the secondary, if you want to put those two together, is where I think the most of the Panther season will be made after quarter. Yeah, and where I'm, th- I'm going to trust Phil Snow a lot with this defense, with this unit specifically. Um, I, there was a lot of things that Phil Snow did last year that really worked. I feel like he kind of made chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what a lot last year. Uh, the Panthers' defense last year obviously was not the most naturally skilled, naturally talented group in the league. Um, but there were times where Phil Snow had them playing like a top 10, top 15 defense. Um, so I'm hopeful that we keep talking about these chess pieces. 
we I don't know how they're going to fit, and there are definite concerns about how they're going to fit. But I do think that Phil Snow and Steve Wilkes coming back to be the defensive backs coach, I think, is a huge win for Carolina. He's obviously Steve Wilkes is very highly regarded as a defensive backs coach. So I'm excited to see what he does with these guys. It feels like they have a lot of talent, a lot of athletic guys. Um, so again, just wonder, I'm interested to see how it all plays out. I'm, I trust Phil Snow with it. And if I had to grade the defensive backs as a whole, I would give them a solid B. Uh, what would you say? Um, I will, I will give it a C plus with a potential ranging from F minus to A minus. <laughs> uh, I think there's a lot that could go really right and a lot that could go really wrong. I'm sure it will end up somewhere in the middle. Well, we don't in the middle takes don't make money. If you have ever seen Stephen A. Smith okay. and Max Keller on TV, if you, if you in your gut, would say had to pick F minus or A minus for this group, where would you lean? F minus. <laughs> if I had to lean, I don't okay. think okay. Yeah, that yeah. is like a median outcome. I do right. think that, right. Right. that is more likely than them all putting it together all at once. I think one of these question marks could really put it together and look great this season. I think uh-huh. Horn could come out of the gate firing and be an all pro level player. And that still wouldn't make this this secondary uh, have enough answer questions for me to feel great about it. Yeah, that's fair. We will see how it plays out. Training camp starts tomorrow. We'll actually get to see these guys on the field here coming up this week. And I'm hopeful that some of these younger guys will be able to make an impact. I'm hopeful that we JC Horn comes out and looks like the top 10 pick he was drafted as. I'm hopeful that one of these young corners or these young defensive ends step up and can become a playmaker uh, in a way that we didn't expect. So, Ian, overall thoughts on the defense? Anything else to say before we close it out? Uh, I don't think there's enough enough juice here to be a competitive defense uh, through a full 17 games, but I think there's going to be some really fun games sprinkled in there. And that's about all we could really ask at this point with where the Panthers are at in terms of their roster building. Uh, enjoy what's there and think about when you're watching the season, what it could mean for the future. Yeah. I think there's a lot of playmakers on this defense. So what I'm hopeful for is that for every 80 yard touchdown, the safeties give up by cheating too far up into the box, that there is an equal amount of, cool interceptions or forced fumbles by the playmakers on this team. I think it's going to be a very like boomer bust kind of defense, which makes for fun football, uh, fun in the fact of throwing my remote at the wall and also fun in the fact that I get to stand up and cheer and watch some sweet defensive plays, uh, a couple times a week. So with that, we will wrap it up. We will be back next week. Um, or maybe later this week. Our two-hour special teams <laughs> breakdown. Yeah, our two-hour state of the roster. Uh, Ian has watched every single hold from uh, whoever the holder is for the Panthers this year. Yeah, he's watched every single long snap from J.J. Jansen. And he actually has watched every Thomas Fletcher long snap from college and is going to break down that position battle for you uh, on the next two-hour episode of uh, our On the Prowl um no we'll be back next week not sure what we're going to be doing yet but rest assured we will be here um thanks for listening ian final thoughts anything else 
Um, I'm going to be most on the lookout for with Starter Train Camp of who has the coolest outfits, and I hope that we can break them down next episode. Yeah, coolest outfits, coolest cars that people roll up with tomorrow. Weird. Maybe stuff some good happens. quotes. Yeah, best uh, Instagram post by the Panther social media. Um, we'll we'll break it all down. Thanks for listening. I'm Matt, joined by Ian Black. We are thankful to have you here. Later. Peace.